Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. This morning, I would be teaching on something that has been a burden in my heart for a long time. I believe that this teaching this morning is not just for those people who are seated in this auditorium, but I believe that it is a message for the body of Christ, particularly our generation. I believe that this teaching is somewhat an apostolic one that would bring what I call a divine order to our generation and to the body of Christ at large. And that's why it is pivotal, it is important that everyone here opens your heart to God and you see, even if you think you might not need the information you will be surprised that that information is required in the journey of life so my topic this morning and my teaching this morning is a two-edged sword i gave it two titles and i would explain it it is how to interpret the vision of another man and number two it is how to flourish in another man's assignment I want you to listen to it closely because one of the biggest problems in our generation is that every single person, particularly because, because that we are on social media now, everybody is called. Everybody is an apostle. Everybody is a prophet. People who have the gift of prophecy are now calling themselves prophets. The moment you can give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and write counsel, we now call ourselves pastors. So everyone wants to spearhead a ministry. Everyone wants to start a movement. Particularly when we come to the next conference like this and we say things like, you are going to the mountain of influence, you are going to take over, God is going to use you to change your generation. And the thing that comes to 80% of the people under the sound of my voice mind and the thousands of people that was going to listen to this message, the thing that comes to their mind first is me. I would be the one to. And so when it seems as though you have to serve to be that, it doesn't quite seem like that's what God has told you. So this morning, in my office, I would bring a doctrinal balance to these things so that we can understand truly, and today is ministry, 
we can understand truly and it doesn't only mean ministry it cuts across in every aspect that you can actually be under an assignment and still flourish in that assignment as though it's your assignment it means that you can actually find expression it means that in a field you can find your own meaning that in a football match there is the striker there is the midfielder and there is the defender and there is the goalkeeper the box 18 is the territory of the goalkeeper but the problem is this everybody wants to be the head coach so in our generation if everybody is the head coach who would keep for us who would score for us who would defend for us the Bible says in the book of Psalms 45 and verse 4 Psalms 45 and verse 4 and I start my teaching on the foundation of that scripture Pardon me, Psalms 145, verse 4. 145. It says, One generation shall praise thy works to another generation and shall declare thy mighty acts. Don't take it away, just keep it there for me. I love the version that says, One generation shall command thy works to another generation you see the god that we serve is a god of generation the god that we serve is a god with a master plan the god that we serve is a god that has an idea of his eternal counsel and his eternal plan but that counsel and that divine plan is embedded from one generation onto another generation meaning that one generation starts and passes the button to another generation and that generation passes the button there to another generation like that like that like that until his eternal plans are fulfilled And every person in that generation have a prophetic assignment. It might not be as celebrated as some assignment, but every single person has an assignment there. In the Old Testament, there was a lady called Rahab. This woman opened up a house so that the Israelites could be camped there so that they would not find them as spies. She was a prostitute and hallowed. But just because she was able to open up a house, you could see the trajectory of the Israelites. Even when we are talking about the geology of the Israelites, her name was recorded right there. 
Now, you can look at Jesus and say, oh, Jesus was the one that came to finish everything, but thank God, there was a Rahab who understood our assignment, commanded the work onto another generation. Thank God there was an Abraham who understood his own assignments, commanded the work, and then you had another generation. That is why in the Old Testament you would always see the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because the Bible says one generation would command his work onto another generation. Meaning that the coming generation or the present generation, pardon me, is responsible for the commanding of the greatness of our God onto the next generation. Meaning that our generation also is responsible, this generation. But the biggest problem from where we sit is that many people do not understand their place. If you go and read the book of Joel chapter 2, the Bible talked about an army that will not break their ranks. They understand formation. They understand their place. Listen, you cannot fight a disorganized, you, you as a disorganized team cannot fight an organized devil. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. How to interpret the vision of another man. I, I believe that if we get this thing right, we would have more expression in our generation in the body of Christ. Whereby a grace upon your life does not mean you have to start something. You didn't hear what I said? Whereby the grace upon your life does not mean you have to pioneer a walk. And let me tell you what God is so gracious, so merciful That God is more concerned about his people That if God says strike the rock once And you strike it twice Water will still come out But is that the will of God? So just because you started against his will And there is result there It doesn't mean it's his will though. The Bible says Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1 the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus came out from somewhere. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 then says, Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. You see, the people writing the Bible didn't have amnesia. They didn't have problem that they were trying to fill the Bible with space and words. They were moved, old men of, of old were moved under the inspiration of the Spirit to write this thing. So every single thing in this Bible has its own intentions. There was something God was trying to communicate to us when this Bible was written. So for the fact that we can clearly see in the beginning, written in the Old Testament, New Testament, this, what you call the geology, you could see it's written down, there is a purpose for it. Because ministry in itself is a continuation. Let me tell you something. Every ministry is a continuation of a work that God started. 
Did you hear what I said? It's a continuation of an ongoing work. Glory be to God. But in our generation, there are many people who have started a work that is untraceable to something that God has started. Today we are talking about ministry. And we are going to hit some very deep things here. Now, if you open your Bible with me to the book of Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. Joel 2, 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It says, The sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall dream dreams, and your old men shall see visions. What is a dream and what is a vision? They are two different things. A dream is you sleep and you see something in your dream. In the context of this biblically, you know, there was something Idi Kabasa said that was so powerful. He said there's a difference between success and greatness. He says success is that you accomplish something and you move on and that's all. But greatness is the continuation of something that you have started. So in other words, a dream is a continuation of a work, meaning that somebody saw something but they know that it is not them that will fulfill that thing that they've seen. But they can see it. Many times they can't say it. Many times they don't even have words to be able to articulate what they have seen. It's like a dream. This is why Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And when he saw that dream, he knew the dream, but he told the astrologers, he told the magicians, he said, look at me, you people have been dreaming for one night. I know what I'm going to do this time. This time, this dream that I have, you have to not only tell me the dream, but you must also interpret the dream. This is really the meaning of vision. Vision means that you bring into a past reality, into a present reality. Is somebody hear what I'm saying to you? Meaning that somebody has a dream. And you can not only interpret the dream, you can also tell the dream. Ah! You know, I forgot that book at home. I don't know how I forgot it. I, I had an opportunity to hold, get hold of um, Baba Deboe's, uh, what they call it, biography. Somebody wrote the biography and I, I, I got hold of it. And I read that biography. What interested me the most in that biography was the transition between um, Reverend Akidayomi and Baba Deboe. That a man can interpret another man's vision. Meaning that it was seen as a dream, it was prophecies, but was able to bring it into present reality. Let me tell you something These are the kind of people That must rise from amongst us People who not only Know the dream It's a technology It's not just it's, See, 
the things in the bible must not only remain in the days of daniel it must become a reality in our time that there is something the king sees there's something in the heart of the king the king cannot articulate but through divine wisdom and insight you can tell the dream because a dream you cannot tell you cannot interpret <laughs> so the first work there is to tell the dream and i'll show us how we can and then the next work there is then to begin to interpret it Because in our generation, if everybody is an apostle, if everybody starts a church, if everybody starts a ministry, if everybody starts a something, who, who will serve there? This is the chaos. I'm telling you, I mean, by the grace of God, I'm privileged to sit in certain places by the grace of God now and have certain relationships and accesses to certain people. I'm telling you, the biggest problem of our generation would be many voices many uncalled voices but sounds too deep to be called meaning that it will sound like it you know paul said that may god judge even if it's an angel that teach another gospel it means that there can be another gospel i hope you know another gospel means that it sounds like it looks like it but it's not it somebody sent me a dm i mean this was last year i think it was last year someone sends me a dm and says <laughs> that sir i really like what you are doing you know you know with the new i want you to come and teach me so that you know i can advise my own church so that i can start something like that this is the problem i i know many people who have come to me to say um sir um, especially on instagram um, I want to start a church my first question is where are you serving now you are not tied to anybody you just you just arose ah! even Jesus came from somewhere we could trace his genealogy yes or no we could tell that this one was from from David now just arose I the border arose sit down Now, let me begin to show you. Second Kings chapter 2. Are you ready this morning? Second Kings chapter 2. Because you see, you can I don't care whatever it is that you are serving in, in the workforce, in the choir, anything, under another ministry, whatever it is, I'm telling you truly. You can truly find expression in that place. The Bible says about Paul, it says, when they perceived the grace of me, the extended right hand of fellowship. See, when they are not extending right hand of fellowship, there's no grace there. It's either there's no grace there or it's not your time yet. Because sometimes God would have to keep you in obscurity before he can start a new work with you and that obscurity sometimes mean ah yeah this is so powerful listen to this the bible says no one having tasted of the hold straight away desired the new 
Meaning that sometimes for God to show you the new thing, he must have to isolate you from all things that you think you already know. So, 2 Kings chapter 2, and let's start from verse 1. Interpreting the vision of another man, flourishing under the vision of another. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1. Thank God everything is in the Bible so we can see it there. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by wild wind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Next verse. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry there, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I would not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Next verse, verse 3. And the son of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord would take away that master from thy head this day? And he said, Yeah, I know. Hold your peace. Next verse, verse 4. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Elisha, stay, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Verse 5. And as the, let's go to verse 8 now. You, you know the, the, the trajectory of the story, verse 8. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped together and smote the waters, and they divided there and there, and then, and the two went over on a dry ground. Next verse, verse, all right, verse 9. He then says, and it came to pass, when they were come over, gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let the double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Let the double portion of thy spirit. Now, let's pause there. Because we have taught this particular um, scripture in a way that is very interesting the first question is this we know that man is a what is a spirit he has a soul and he lives in a body so this means that Elijah has one spirit yes or no come on let me hear you yes or no so why would Elisha be asking for something that he knows that is only one he has? Why is he asking for a double portion of the spirit? Can you ask me for two of my Do I have two kinds of spirits? It's one, yes or no? So why is Elisha asking for two? We need to really read the scripture to understand it. Because until we do that, We would not have a, a good understanding and basis and background for some of these things. So let's go to the meaning of this, dub, this double portion in the days of the Bible in the Old Testament. Let's go there. Open with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 17. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 17. 
He says, but you shall acknowledge the son of the aged for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength and the right of his firstborn. What this means is that the double portion there is like this. It means that if I'm a father and I have 10 houses and I have three children, if I'm giving my three children two, two houses each, the firstborn must have double portion of that house. Meaning that if I'm giving them two, two each, the firstborn would have four. So what Elisha was really asking for was not twice of his spirit. What he was asking for was the right to be the firstborn. That was what he was asking for. The right. Meaning that if every other person has two to each, me, I have four. This is why by the time Elijah came back, Elisha, pardon me, by the time he came back and the other prophets who were telling him, do you know your father was going to live today? Do you know this other that's going to live today? By the time he came back, without them speaking to him, they could tell that the person that went was somebody different that came back here. He was now occupying something. And let me tell you something. In the realms of the spirit, they are abandoned estates. When the new was going to start, this is minister's conference. So I'm going to say some very deep things. I would not probably say outside. God told me. We, I remember we were praying from August 1st. We would pray every single Friday, August 1st to December. Every Friday, at least eight hours, nine hours. I remember I saw a vision. In that vision, I saw 12 wells. I mean, this is the first time I'm watching some of these things. 12 wells. And in that place, I saw water there. And I, I mean, that took us to the scripture of what happened with Jacob. I saw water there and I saw sand covering the waters. All the 12 wells. And in that vision, God said, speak to the sand and command the waters to gush forth. And I started to pray. Dr. K said something yesterday. We had never had that conversation before. Never. It's only the leaders of the new and the pastors that know what he said there yesterday. He said, when Kingsworth started, the leg that was shown was ministry. Did you hear that? That what God told him, that for the new, it's not going to only be ministry, it's going to be the expression of every other thing. From the day one this assignment started, that has always been my own emphasis. From day one. Because I saw that thing. I saw the waters. I saw it covered up and God said open this thing up so that you begin to enjoy the fountains that are abandoned that you ought to enjoy so the right of the firstborn is not two double portion of his spirit it's the right to be the firstborn there meaning that all of us ah, don't let me say this thing so then why could Elijah ask for the double portion or the right of the firstborn? Number one, followership. Number two, service. There was a problem and in 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11, they asked, they said, where is Elijah? 
that poured water on the hand of Elijah. Listen, I have seen a generation who just wants to rise without the process of service. You know, we can say certain things and just say, the new just started, P.S. Dr. J just called me out of the blues. And it's a good story in itself because it is true in itself. I'm saying some of these things so vulnerably today because I have seen and thank God, I mean, Pastor Daniel Lawande here, we've had certain deep conversations. We have a program that we say we are going to do. God will hold us accountable if we don't do that program. How to, how to thrive in another man's vision. You, it's not everybody that must start something. It's not everybody. Some of you, you are called to start a production house in another church or in a church. It does not mean it's your own. I hear what I'm saying. See, this is how this generation will take. Once, that's why the man God will use, he will have to break you first. Whereby there is nothing that is your own. Nothing. I used to say, that when God wants, they said, someone said something that when God wants to use a man, he would tell the angels, they said, touch him. The man is on the floor, he said, touch him. They touch him and the person shakes, he said, leave him, he's not yet dead. We can't use people that are not dead yet. Dead doesn't mean physical death, it means dying to self. Until a weight of grain falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. I can talk about the story of the new and talk about, I mean, people say, oh, look at what's happening, this, 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 this. I'm telling you the honest truth. What he said yesterday, Dr. K has not given us, I mean, maybe he has given Pastor Dayton that I don't know, Sha. But he doesn't fund anything here. Nothing. Not one naira. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a burden in my heart when I see it. I, I, I know how many, I'm sure how many messages you've gotten as well. This craze of everybody is a starter. This, and I understand it. It's because our generation, the calling of our generation is two legs. It's very apostolic and prophetic. So that apostolic drive to start things. That's why you say a lot of genders. We are starters. We are starters. And so we take that also into the callings of God. A desire doesn't mean you should start. Desire doesn't equate starting. Desire can be a body for you to pray for something, for somebody to start it. There are people who are burden bearers. There are people who are builders. Don't be a burden bearer and be building if God has not told you to do it. Let the Mermiahs build the wall and you be a watchman and pray for them. And know that your reward is not based on who is seen the most. Your reward is based on who God, what God sees the most. It's not everybody that will be popular. It's not this. Listen, as much as we say your ministry will go global, it's not everybody's ministry that will go global. It, as much as we say, I prophesy, you are going to be a billionaire. It's not every. Who will be the poor person if everybody's a billionaire? Even Jesus said, the poor you will always have amongst you. Where is Elisha? Who is the man who poured water on the hand of Elijah? 
when I was in part two, let me now begin to say some things. In part two. Because you can hear the story and say, oh, P.S. Ah, P.S. was never a pastor. Never wanted to be a pastor. But look at what he's doing now. So let me go and start too. Okay. This is serious thing. I mean, I got a uh, uh, DM. My heart just... I said, the problem... We are, see, in this generation, we are going to quench more fires than start more fire. Yeah. There's too much fires to quench. Strange fire. <laughs> Somebody gets impacted now, and tomorrow morning, they are going to start women ministry. Now, see, because you are a woman doesn't mean you are called to women ministry. Because we need more women in men ministry now. There is this mindset that has been framed. That's why the Bible says no one having tasted the old straight away desires the new. No one having tasted the old. You must see, you must sometimes let go of what you know for God to start a new thing with you. You must be at the cutting edge of the move of God. When I was in part two, I'm telling you, I'm standing right here. When I was in part two, I joined Kingsworth. Well, not joined. I attended Kingsworth's first service, um, a service, when I was 14 years old. My elder sister went for a program, invited me, and I was still very young then. My mom just passed about four years before. While growing up, my mom would take me for crusades. I was the only. I mean, she would put me at the back of her neck like this, and she was. I was church. Oh my! They wouldn't take my sisters, but me. Sha, I wish I go. So I went for this program. I will never forget. I saw Dr. K at 14. He was wearing a gray, um, a brown suit and a blue shirt. The same way he preaches now is the same way he's been preaching. In my mind, to be honest, thank God it's not yes. I, then, I told him not to come, so I can say something. In my mind, I was thinking, who is this man? Just let us close and go. I'm telling you the truth. That was when I was 14. Skip down all the story. I went to OAU, um, Pedigree. And I found that there was Kingsword there. And I just clicked that. Ah, this was the Kingsword I went to when I was 14 years old. Let me just go and join them. So I went there. I stumbled on a magazine. Supernatural something. Magazine that they used to produce, I think, from Chicago. I stumbled on that magazine and I was, really, and I was just fascinated by it. And from that day, I started feeling drawn to him. And by feeling drawn to him... I'm telling you certain things that you might not know. I got his messages. There are some messages that of Dr. K I can preach in my sleep. God cannot bless your mess. The covenant of promise. I, 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 kingdom code. There are messages that I started listening for part two before I ever met him. I'll listen to those messages. We, we went to we went to minister that's how i met him we went to the word went to minister stadium the power of god was there he brought me he started talking he gave me his phone number he said oh keep in touch i didn't call him for two months i didn't call him one day i was going to sports center to pray and i just felt impressed in my spirit to call him because you see there's something called unforced rhythm of grace all this manipulation to try and be close to somebody to try and be just 
just to enter something. Listen, you don't enter ministry just because you feel like ministry. It's a lineage, they bring you in. <laughs> God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, where are you in the line? Where is your own there? So I called him. I said, sir, I know you are coming to Nigeria. I said, this is your first time. I know that. I said, sir, if you don't mind, can I be your protocol? When you come in, laugh. They say, oh, no, no, no. They are, they are protocol assigned. I said, okay, sir, I don't really need to be your protocol. Can I just wash your clothes when you come? This was part three. He laughed and I said, okay, you introduce me to somebody. Then they introduced me. I left OH. And that's how I became his protocol. I had one black suit I was wearing. Father, do you remember that suit? I embarrassed my generation with that suit. That was the one I was using to do protocol. As it's going, he will go to Ilori, Reverend George. I will follow him. I was seeing the... Before this time, there was no idea of the new. I never thought the new was going to happen. He would go to Reverend Victor's conference. I would follow him there. I was protocol. I was in the back. I was seeing how they were ministering in the spirit. I was saying, when I was, I was in the waters. I was there. I was serving. I'm telling you the truth. I've missed, I, I'm not telling you to do it to me. I was a little bit crazy. I missed two tests. An OE. Two tests. Because I wanted to serve him because he was coming to Nigeria. Just to be proxy. And let me tell you the honest truth, I wasn't doing that because of any ministry. I was doing that because I knew I had a calling, even though I felt then that my calling was that I was going to be a very rich businessman and they'll be calling me around the world to come and teach about how I made money and do ministry. That was why I was doing that. Because you see, there are certain things that is not only for men of God. That's why as a business person, you must even be praying more than pastors. Some tenacity and some intensity of spirituality is only for pastor. See, I suggest they pray like pastor. Some of those statements will die in our generation. How do you fulfill purpose without an empowered spirit? How do you fulfill an assignment without an empowered spirit? Even Jesus needed to pray. His cries were like blood. Sweat, pardon me. And that's how I started seven seven I'm telling you the honest truth there was no time not once I will enter into the story later now how do you interpret the vision of another man number one don't forget this number one discern men discern men Listen, men are embodiment of certain dimensions of God. Men, they are embodiment of certain dimensions of God. Meaning that a man can carry an expression of God to a generation. Because not one person can carry the totality of an expression of God for a generation. 
So one man can carry an expression of God for a generation and your discernment of that man determines what you get in that place. Let me tell you something. You can be in a ministry and you don't discern who that person is in the realm of the spirit. Yes. You can be shouting, oh, we are, we are the new, we are the new. And you don't even discern what it's about. How do you save something you don't know anything about? You discern the person first. Who is this person? You know, Jesus looked at his disciples in Matthew. He said to them, who do the, who do men say that I am? Not what they are saying, no. Leave what they say. Who do the men say that I am? It's Peter said, you are the Christ. He said, uh-huh. Upon that revelation, meaning, upon knowing who I am, I will build a new thing with you. You didn't hear it. Let me just leave it there. That is why there were two types of people when Elijah was going to be taken. There were the spectators who knew him as Elijah the powerful person but didn't know him as somebody who carried an embodiment and a constitution and a, and a stronghold and a force and a grace and an anointing that must be transferred they only saw him as a powerful man doing signs and wonders they couldn't discern him meaning that you can be a prophet you can tell that something is about to happen but you are not inside it meaning that you can be in a system and not drinking from the well of the system I'm, I, I'm, am I talking this morning? Do you know your master is going to be taking of you today? He said, yes, I know. They were spectators. But somebody, I see life. Non-transferable responsibility. God will give you the desire. You see, in this kingdom, we buy by tests. We buy by tests. How desperate are you? How well do you want it? There are abandoned estates. There are things there. It's how well you want it. A tagline means nothing. Mere religion without change means nothing. Jesus says, The word which I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. If it's just words and it's not inside you, it's nothing. It says, The spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. discernment and you must understand not only do you discern man once you must discern men seasons by season because graces increases assignment tweaks the anointing lifts to another level so the same person you see last two years might not be the same person now who are you discerning the revelation of Peter was the revelation of the church because he discerned Christ. The widow could discern Elijah. Who are you discerning? Who in the assignment God has called you to do are you discerning? Know ye no man after the flesh. Men carry divine priesthood. Yeah. Divine priesthood. On bended knees like this, they are, they are hosting things in heaven. They touch ground, they touch the earth. They touch the earth, they touch the heavens. In the place, listen, there are people who call 
Jesus, they know their name there. Yes. See, I read Babadibu's biography. Even if that man said he wasn't going to do it, that's Babadibu. Do that work. The covenant of that ministry, that assignment will still happen. The covenant that God had with that power, could I obey? Ah. The same man. Ananias knew Paul, Saul, as a killer. So when God told him, you are going to go and pray for him, he said, hey, is it not that safe? Not knowing that the same Paul that was a killer, in a split second, something has changed. Peter said, I don't eat shit, so all this kind of thing. He said, don't call what I've called clean. Many of us, we still call something unclean. What God has called clean. The person you ought to serve into your next phase is unclean. <laughs> David took food unknown to him just by casual, casual. Oh, yeah. Listen, sometimes when they tell you, go and be the head of something or go and serve in a department, you might not know, but it's positioning for destiny. Go and take food to your brothers. Okay, sir. Carry food. That food, his two legs was destiny was going to. That food was destiny unknown to him. Who have you discerned? Number two. Discern your prophetic lineage and the graces there. It's not enough to discern men. Discern your prophetic lineage and your grace is there. He says, I will show you a teacher after my own heart. Who will teach you which way to go? See, I am of the opinion. And you can call it old school, call it new school. I heard that from Copeland very long time. Kenneth Copeland said that you would pick your church, then you decide where to live. I know you didn't hear it. He said, you will pick your church. Then you, if you like, let all this hyperactive people, the Bible says, follow those who faith, who through faith and patience obtained. We, we are following those who through nothing obtains nothing. We pick a church that we decide where to stay. You must learn where to pitch your tent. Just because your father lived in Ijai Ojokoro doesn't mean you should continue there. Let me tell you something. There are certain things God will not rot with a man in certain locations. That's why Abraham had to leave his father's house. He had to leave home. Because the continuation of the images he saw cannot produce what God wants to show him. That's why God had to take him, showed him the stars, showed him the sands. He said, so shall I see thee. Until images shone, he couldn't replicate what he was saying. The son, your prophetic lineage. In this lineage, who are we? What are we about? What are the expression of graces we have found here? What are the things that God seems to be doing in this place? What are the things we have observed as patterns? 
How do I come to a church where somebody that is a non-entity becomes something? That's the grace. You're not hearing what I'm saying. How do I come into a place where I just enter? I have ministry inside of me. It's been dormant. But as soon as I join the camp of those people, the prophets in me just rise. It's a grace. You go to another location and that same grace dies. Men are embodiments of priesthood. It's a dimension of God God gave to them for their generation. You discern it. And so you discern the village. You now discern the graces there. Number three. Let me say this here. The transference of what they call the transference of spirits, and I'm always very careful of using those words. I'm always very careful of using those words. When we say transference of spirits, transference of those things. I believe in it, so I'm not negating it. Too. But I want to say something about it. In this kingdom, our weapon of war is words. When we talk about the fight in heaven, when the angels and Lucifer, it wasn't as though they draw sword and they were fighting. No, bang, 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 bang. no, sword fight. Oh, it wasn't Voltron. It was words. The Lord, when they were fighting for the body of Moses, what did the angels say? The Lord rebuke you. Words. It means that embedded in the fiber of the vision of a man are the words of that man. If you look at the transition, if you had time, I'll talk you there. When Elijah was going to be taken up, the Bible says he and Elijah to Elisha talked. Go and read it. There were conversations. Conversation. There were words. There were teachings. I'm standing here today. I'm telling you the truth because you can think that oh, fear just emerged. Do, 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 do. I don't think there's any Dr. K's message that I've not heard. I don't think so. I don't think that Dr. K goes a Sunday without me listening to that message. I don't think so. I will never give Dr. I will never give any man on the earth. A seed I have not given to him yet. This is spiritual intelligence. One, one person with baggages comes from America and he do, 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 do. But your whole lineage, you can't discern what is there. For you are glorious and worthy. One more time. 
Let's appreciate Dr. K and Pastor May. Amen. You may be seated. Let me begin to close this up now. The words and the teaching of that man. Because embedded in those words are the fibers of the deepest thoughts. And they are spirits. And spirits can be communicated to spirit. Spirit speaks to spirit. Not only in those little conversations, but also in the words. Number four, service. Service. You know, Let me say this here. I believe that everyone has a portion, a divine portion and a divine mandate. And you see, this doesn't only cut across even in ministry. 
The place of service can never be overemphasized. Meaning that you see a place where you can plug in your giftings. Even if it is not the most obvious. Because service is open to God but closed to man. Service is open to God but closed to man. Let me tell you something. The first day I, I started my PA work with Dr. K. That is here now. I'll now be conscious. <laughs> I remember that I, you know, I mean, I was first fascinated, fascinated, fascinated the fact that I was this proxy. So in the evening at night, he was lying down on the couch, so I went to him and I asked him a question. Because I knew that I was called to be a prophet, but I didn't ask, I said, because I works in the prophetic, so I asked him, I said, sir, how can you be effective as a prophet? I was expecting a prophetic curriculum. That number one, you pray like 82 times in a day. Number two, so he smiled and looked at me and said, love walk walk in love the more you walk in love with people and let go easily the more the compassion in you rises now how do you read that meaning that your ministry can die the day your compassion disappears meaning that things would happen no that would kill that compassion or would try to kill it but the moment you give way for that compassion to be killed you have killed your ministry also how do you learn that but when you sit at the tray on the table of service you give drops and hears the statement of greatness service close to man open to God the first time I went to America oh Dr. KZL <laughs> but let me say and I'm not if you know me very well I'm not one who talks like this maybe I'm talking to a few people my core team in the new those are the converts i can say some of those things freely but you will not see me come up stage on in church and be saying these things i don't say i don't really talk like that but i have a burden for this generation that in our time there would be truly people who would serve under another and find the fullest expression so that we don't have more people who are not called to do something but find their way to be called one day myself and pastor daniel i think in the, my office we, we spoke for almost how many hours this topic in our generation is going to be one of the biggest problems in our generation 
service number two number five right faithfulness 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 you know I used to say something here <laughs> that I don't really care when people do like this for me good morning sir I don't care because you can be doing like this physically but like this in your heart you know that or like this in your heart faithfulness is that you are committed to the service and not only the service of the person but also the vision as though it's yours it's because at the end of the day if we look at perspective it's really yours because it's the kingdom of God it's yours listen the day they, they start to force me to do something I'm, I'm not just even wired that way so faithfulness Let me tell you something. When the new was going to start, I went to get Dr. K's books, the one I haven't read. I went to read it because in those lines, there are things unsaid that is required. Somebody came to me one day and said, where do you buy your suit? I said, look at this. Is this the question you're supposed to be asking me? That kind of thing, the generation. Where do you buy my suit? Katangwa? <laughs> Instead of you to pull out curriculums. Because faithfulness. You know the Bible says in the book of First Peter, it says, "Grow in grace and the knowledge." The grace there speaks about the manifestation of the workings of God, meaning that the level of your expression can increase. But faithfulness is a key to that. Faithfulness. The first time I went to America, I was taken there by a company, all expense paid. They were giving us per diem or something, yeah. Maybe a hundred dollars or one fifty or something like that. And I was in Utah, Salt Lake City. At the end of the five days, I had five hundred dollars with me, meaning that I had an option. You are coming back to Nigeria, you are the first person in your household that has gone to America. So when you are coming back. It is expected of you to behave yourself by bringing chocolate, t-shirts, especially those baggy t-shirts nobody will ever wear. You know those ones your uncles buy for you? That they will put Philadelphia. What do I want to use Philadelphia to do? <laughs> or Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> but I had an option. And let me tell you what happened. That day, as I landed, I took $350 out of that money. 
I was not a pastor then. There was no denial. Just service. I was just PA. I took that money, paid for flight tickets, flew there. When I flew there, Dr. K was moving to a bigger house. So as I was landing, I was dropping my bag and we're carrying. And Dr. K's energy is not here. Say, ah, show it ready. Ah, no, sir. Ah, correct, sir. <laughs> Walk through the night. Service. See thou a man who is diligent at service. He will stand before kings. This spirit of supernatural emergence without service is emergency. And you know where they take people to when there is emergency? It's crisis place. May God give you the opportunities required to serve. I, I know if I said, may God promote you and give you one billion, the amen will be stronger. But when I say, may God give you opportunity to serve, it seems slow. Okay. Let me keep going. And I'll close in a moment. Interpreting the vision of another. Now, I want to now begin to break down how to flourish under another man's assignment. Meaning that, like I said, you see and interpret and discern the man. You discern the grace. Number two, you discern the prophetic lineage and the graces in that lineage. Meaning that they abandon estates in that lineage. Things people have not touched. Things people have not tapped. Things people have not entered into. So what do you do next? The next thing you begin to do is you start to pray for that person. Have you noticed that you... See, somebody came to meet me one day and said, Sir, I want to be very close to you. I don't know how I can be close to you. The way to be close to people is not to try and get close to them. If you try and get close to them, by trying to get close to them, you will repel them. Have you noticed when you pray together to, with people, you become closer to them? Prayer is a connecting force. The first way to get close to anybody that you desire or admire is pray for them. Continually. The spirit, the deep will call unto deep. No how. Yeah. The deep will call unto deep. And so you start praying for that man. The moment you start praying for that man, thank God. The moment, the moment you start praying for that man, the burden, hear this now, the burden in the heart of that man will be supernaturally transferred into your heart. I'm telling you the honest truth. The burden without conversations, the burden will begin to transfer. You, you, you will not learn it from anywhere. As they happened to you before, there are, not, there are things people didn't teach you, but you just know. It's when they start teaching you from the scripture, they say, ah, I knew this thing, but I didn't even know it was in the Bible. Prayer transfers things inside us. So you pray for that man. You begin to pray for the man as you continue, continue in the place of prayer. Visions are shown to you. Images are shown to you. Pictures are shown to you. Burdens are given to you. Then, as you pray for the man and burden is now given to you, you now take that burden to God in prayer. 
when the new was going to start, I took all these pastors. We went to retreat several times. One place. I love retreats. I used to retreat me. Retreats. Retreat Lole Sheikh. So and it's the truth. Oh. This generation that say God will do whatever he wants to do at any time he wants to do it. Oh, okay. I believe that God will do whatever he wants to do at any time he wants to do it. But I tell you something. Jesus prayed. And there is a reason why prayer is required to bet the manifestation. That's why the Bible says that we should wage a good warfare over prophecies. The prayer is very simple. God, give me a burden. Listen, you can never change anything you don't have a burden for. Forget about it. Rather just stay where you are. But what you want to change, you must ask God. Nehemiah asked God for a burden. Zerubbabel asked God for a burden. Jesus had a burden. Give me a burden for this assignment. And let me tell you something. You must renew that burden for time. You didn't hear what I said. Meaning that a season can come, you can be depleted, and you need a renewed zeal. The Bible says about Jesus, he said, the zeal of the Lord's house has consumed me. You need a renewed zeal. Pray for men, receiving a burden, number two, and praying out that burden. And in praying out that burden, then divine pictures are beginning to show to you. Let me tell you something. In the next, write it down, in the next four years, the new will take over this country. Just write it down. Number three, flourishing under the vision of another man. Conversations. Have quality conversations. Ask questions. And I'm speaking this all, all across the generation so that what we can have, we can have, we can truly have the continuity that Jesus is intended. So that one generation will command his walk onto another generation. Conversations. Let me run because of my time. Conversation meaning that you ask questions. You ask questions. And asking questions doesn't only mean asking the person question. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a good thing. When the new was going to start, we went went to Abel Peter for administration. Dr. K was there, Pastor T was there. We were entering into the, um, what they call it, um, hotel. I, went, I, was, I told my leaders this in the, lead, in the pastor's meeting. I entered to the hotel, and so I saw Pastor T, so I walked up to Pastor T, I said, Pastor T, sir, as I'm the, I mean, this was when Dini was going to start now. I said, sir, what do you think is the advice, what advice would you give me as a pastor to pastor a church? He said, well, See, when you are hungry for something, the right answer will be pulled out. He said, pay attention to your choir. Focus on your sound of the choir. Because the choir would always usher in a new move. There's a man of God, Pastor Chris here. His church is here. A good friend of mine told me, very good friend, told me that Pastor Chris, every year, every, every quarter, 
he will sit with his choir on retreats that nobody in the church I don't know about now releases a song that before they release any song let me tell you the story Frank Edward went to preach to sing in a church and as at 12 he told the man of God that he said he has to leave quickly because there is a rehearsal and it's a general rehearsal it's a general retreat with Pastor Chris and every time Pastor Chris will have to sit with them he will teach them he will preach with them he will teach them take them to things and then begin to talk to them and they begin to sing before they release songs he will say to them they will send him the lyrics on whatsapp he will read it he will say take this one out remove this one take this one out remove that one when they sing the song bam the team blows this is go and read the biography of baba Deboe. same thing Pakudanu was going to die before baba Deboe was going to preach he would go and show him his sermon notes have you noticed he said remove this one put this one there take this one until he got to the point where he will show him the sermon note and he will say go and preach it it was then the thing had entered fully into him the transference occurred there are, there are conversations that pull things out as a church i know how much it costs us every week to run service just between ikeja and leki alone every week we have to believe god for nothing less than two million naira just between those two churches every week but i knew when it was questions ah sir ah hey if we are going to continue ministry like this where do we fulfill the vision because there's something you see but there's what is in your hand hey you didn't hear what i said what you see versus what is in your hand you have to pull into certain things so that what is in your hand must match up with what you see that is where there's frustration because what you see and what is in your hand doesn't balance that's frustration so question i asked what do i do sir say seed oh. seed by inspiration there are certain things you just you just pick it Number four, I'll close. I like to use that to. Number four, heart alignment. <laughs> this one is a serious one. Alignment of hearts. And this one is a two way chord. Is that God helps your heart. And number two you help your heart I have observed something that you know I'm writing a book by the power of grace of God and it's going to be out soon no no if you know me my soon can mean three years old so I, until I feel is ready the title of the book is wounded people do ministry I've realized that ministry is very offense prone it's an offense territory and if uh, yes it's an offense and if you are not offense prone you cannot last in this thing 
because human beings are involved. You can't last. Meaning that a side of you will shut down. And it's, there is no way, if you like, say, there is no way that expression, that fountain on that side that has shut down, you have covered it up. And you have covered it up because a generation is supposed to drink from that well. And so, there, see, you think there are no times I've not felt offended by Dr. K? Yeah. I mean, he said it yesterday. There are times I'll just be like, ah. But, there is a reset. And that's why, you see, you must be in the right company. Companies that fuel the thing. They are gathering to shut down the thing inside you. And let me say something to you. Longevity is not those who start. It's those who complete. It's not those who start. That's where longevity is. So there are certain relationships. I'm telling you, when I begin to feel a certain way, I know, I know certain people that I know that I can talk to. I, 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 you see... Even when you come with that fire, they just, they just trivialize it. And then when you are done, you think that it's true. What is even this thing, Seth? <laughs> Heart alignment. See, any vision that there is no alignment cannot prosper. There must be alignment. In the book of Joel chapter 2, the Bible says that about an army. An army who would not break their ranks. They understand their formation. They understand the captain. They understand the general. They understand the colonels. They understand that if one man being delegated to raise his right hand and say, let's go this way, we follow. That's the army God uses. Pastor Daniel, we are going to do this conference. We are going to do it for you, young ministers. That are called to do our what we are doing. It's very important. Number five, deal with offense. I've touched on that already. Deal with offense. Offense is an action. To be offended is a decision. Offense is an action. To be offended is a decision. And finally, find out from God the things He has told the man or the commission. And I want to dwell a, a little bit time on that one. Find out the things He has told the man or the commission. And how do you find that out? The secret things belong to God, the things that are revealed. Meaning that you go to God in place of prayer with a burden and begin to ask God, Lord, what is it inside this thing that is my own place and my own portion? Help me interpret it. Help me show, show it to me and let me know what I need to do 
you begin to find that out in the place of prayer continuous prayer continuous prayer continuous prayer Lord begin to show me Lord begin to show me Lord begin to show me what are the things Lord begin to show me Lord begin to show me what are the things Lord begin to show me Lord begin to some of you let me tell you something even in your business some of you need to go and serve somebody let me tell you and I close with this supernatural 28 2018 or 2017 on eagle's wings 17 17 that was when the new was going to start I was fasting that period because of the work and I want you to hear this so powerful I was praying and fasting I was asking God God, show me what are the things in the heart of Dr. K that it cannot articulate with words. Because there are things in the heart of some people, they can't, there is no vocabulary to articulate it. It has to be spirit to spirit. Meaning that it's, it's when they see you do it, they now say, hey, that's it. Do you understand what I'm saying? They can't say it, but they know it somewhere. They, but they don't even have words to, to express it. Just like when we, the stage production yesterday, they had a meeting with me when they were preparing for the thing. I wanted to be a part of the process of the script. Da, 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 da. I told them, go and pray. And I'm sure they prayed and fasted. There's no way you can pray. You cannot bet that kind of thing without fasting and praying. You were fasting, Abi. How many days? You can't remember the number of days. And that's how you bet things. It's not that just come and say, let's act. Let's do ministry. Okay. I said something. I told there's something in my heart. I told them the ones I know. But there are things in my heart that when you begin to do it and is it, I will know that's it. That way we are going to have lesser tussle of what you think because you can see it. Supernatural 2018. I came for that conference. I remember where I sat very well. Reverend George was preaching. All this while I'd follow Dr. K. Dr. K will go to Reverend George Church, I'll follow him. Go to Reverend Victor's Church, I'll follow him. Go to, I'll just be following, just be watching all those things. Observing how to lay hands, how to heal, pray for the sick, how to just observing things. Reverend George was preaching. I remember, I remember very well. He came to this angle. He was doing like this. I mean, uh -huh. he was like this. He now puts his hand in his pocket. He said, I said to you, he was talking about training. If you remember, he was said there was a that King's Word was coming to a season where the emphasis of training, right? Then he now said, But I said to you, a new generation is coming, and their focus that as a ministry we have grown roots inward, but now it's time to grow roots outward. Express evangelize go out move that's how I was doing it was, that's how I was I remember I, he said it's going to be an evangelistic move it's not just going to be training alone it's going to be a combination of training and evangelistic move evangelistic move I said that is my answer when the new started from day one evangelistic 
I knew that this had to be an end. Meaning that we prioritize soul. That's why we cannot do next conference here next year. We take it out. We, we gather the nations. One billion souls for Christ. Listen, until we have a stake in government, meaning that president wants to do something, they have to call us and say, we want to set this program, but what do you guys think? Shea just said something yesterday. He said that the thing government fears is number. They fear numbers. When I heard that thing, oh, that's why I tell the pastors, deep training curriculums, but outreaches. We plant churches, we go out and we get the money to do it. Amen. Because God gives us the money to do it. When I, that was the prophetic word I needed. That was it. It shaped the direction of the ministry for me. Thank you, Jesus. I know something has lived into your spirit. May the Lord align our hearts. May the Lord show us new visions. To see you higher I want to hear the church sing it. Raise your hands to see you. your hands to see
one more time to see you
For I am the God of the nations, I am the God of the generation, I am who was and is to come. For I said, and it be, for I said, and it be. And yet again, I am renewing a fresh zeal, a fresh passion for that which I have called you to. To empower you and open your eyes to see your portion in this army. For yet again, there would be a mighty wind, <laughs> a mighty wave of two legs in operation. And two massive movements in operations. Here I'm a good at Aladia. Sabadai Telemikat Axalahati, Vilia Kopa, Evalata. For this meeting is a launching in, said the Lord. A launching in of what eyes has not seen and what ears has not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men. For I am dropping into the hearts of many new visions. Hearts are lighting, that bows are rising, <laughs> a new wave is coming. I am Piacatus. Hearts are lighting. Yeah. From amongst us, God is raising apostles under apostles. God is raising evangelists and pastors under pastors. God is raising new expression under an expression. Hearts are aligning. Hey. 
A new wave is coming. That's why I hear. Hey, uh. Hey, uh. Hey, uh. Dr. K comes up now. God told me when I was on campus, and thank God I have people that can bear me witness. This man here, Pastor Ladi, in part one. God told me that if you would not care about who would take the glory, I would do mighty works with you. If we all would not care who takes the glory, meaning that it doesn't have to be you, it could be the place where you are serving that takes it. If we don't care who takes the glory, we can yet do many mighty things as a generation for God. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.